0: Welcome to the Battleground, Wisconsin. My name is Matt Bruskin. I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And welcome to another beautiful summer week here from Wisconsin, which means Robert Craig is with us. Robert's the Executive Director here at Citizen Action. Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh,
1: nice. I'm glad it's still summer. I'm trying to figure out how to make sure to savor it.
0: Oh, it's just been an amazing week weather-wise. And I, we do talk weather here in the summer, because as I always say, it's too damn short and we have to enjoy it. But man, a July, late July week in the 70s, it's unheard of. It's been gorgeous, folks. Get out, enjoy it. It's going to be another beautiful weekend. And I want you to also, and we're going to talk about this, it's time to make sure you get out and start volunteering for some of these critical primary races. We'll talk more about that. Uh, later in the show, we have some opportunities uh, on August 6th, uh, GOTV weekend, we're going to talk more about, but we got a lot of big news. This is a, this is a huge week, both electorally in the state that we're going to talk about related to the US Senate race. Um, The uh, big federal news is it appears we have a deal uh, with uh, Senator Joe Manchin. We'll talk more about that build back better, or shall we say the remnants of build back better. Uh, it appears there's a deal. We'll talk about both what's in there, but also what's still left to go. And we know there is a, another certain senator who has to check sucker, check things off before this sucker goes forward. Um, and some big news here in Milwaukee this week that we wanted to uh, briefly hit upon and mention around uh, the Milwaukee public schools moving forward with a an climate and equity resolution. Uh, which is actually up for a vote tonight. We expect it to pass, but we'll talk more about that. Tonight is in the Thursday show. night, right, Matt? Yep. We'll talk more about that later. Um, and then we'll be joined later in the show by Angelito Tenario, who is our endorsed candidate for uh, the state treasurer. Uh, Angelito will join us later in the show. But, Robert, I want to get started with the big news in-state electorally. As we record, we are less than two weeks away from the big primary election, and it is a huge primary election in the U.S. Senate race uh, here for Democrats. There are other races uh, we've talked about, uh, but the big news this week is both Tom Nelson dropped out, endorsed Mandela Barnes, and then the bigger news, Alex Lazary, who was the clear second place runner, dropped out and endorsed Mandela Barnes on Wednesday um and so the race has changed dramatically robert um tom nelson clearly uh the bernie sanders endorsement was was a lot and the reality of sort of where the campaign was on polling numbers was too much and uh tom essentially stepped down and ascent, uh, effectively solidified the progressive the left base Uh, for Mandela and then later clearly reading good polling and the he spent at least 12 million the 12 million dollar man Alex you know certainly probably had the best polling in the state probably of of anyone uh, saw that there was no pathway or determined that there was no pathway for him to win and stepped out Robert this is huge news we basically now have a Mandela Barnes versus Sarah Godlewski race your thoughts on Uh, The major top-line implications of uh, these major changes?
1: Well, to quote Bernie Sanders, it's a
0: huge
1: Mm -hmm. week. Um, I think Bernie Sanders endorsing uh, Mandela Barnes really helped inspire it because how is Tom Nelson going to run as the Bernie candidate when Bernie himself has endorsed Mandela? And that's very different than what the, uh, the, the, our revolution chapter, a Wisconsin revolution had done here much earlier in the cycle. And, and also he was, it, it is a very expensive race. I mean, Mandela has struggled to, he hasn't matched, but to raise millions of dollars just to be remotely competitive, what Alex Lazary was doing and what Sarah Godlewski is capable of, because she also has, has personal wealth. So I think that I didn't know Tom Nelson's one of the better campaigners and the most dogged dedicated campaigners I've ever ever known in politics. So I didn't know if he could make this decision. He's just not kind of wired that way. I think I'm very, um, I respect him a great deal for doing so. I haven't talked to him yet, but I did see he tried to call me on Tuesday night. So I need to, uh, you know, reach out to him. And then Alex Lazary was even more surprising though. Nelson, we were just had no inkling he might pull out, but it makes sense why he would. And uh, that, and with Alex Lazary, you know, he had spent 12 million. Um, it looked like, it's really hard to tell, okay? The public polling is quite inadequate and it's like looking through a foggy window and the the, the campaigns release the polls they wanna to release to you and show you. So it looks like he was kind of topping out uh, around a quarter of the electorate, and with and I think Nelson getting out may have influenced it because he needed multiple candidates pulling away from Mandela, and uh, Nelson would, would was it would help Mandela consolidate the progressive base. Um, so now you have just Sarah Godlewski, so it's a game changer. Some national outlets are saying that it's over, declaring it over, like Mother Jones. I not fully, but close to it. I'm. I'm not agreeing because we do not know where that 25% or so that was with Alec Lazary is going to land. Uh, Sarah Godlewski, we didn't know where she'd land in this primary. She has run as the most moderate candidate. See the Jennifer Rubin op-ed in her favor in the Washington Post a couple of months ago. And is there a bunch of moderate voters that will migrate to Sarah, and will Sarah ramp up her ad buys, which she has done of late already around Roe versus Wade as the candidate who's a woman who can has the the, the the most history of working on abortion rights and is and therefore should lead in this moment? We don't know until this fleshes out and 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 see where it sorts in the two-person race. But Sarah was around um, eight, 9, 10, up to twelve percent in the polls we've seen and so there's a huge gap there mandela may be as high as the high 30s uh, again that just what that's a poll that mandela's campaign released so we'll see and we'll see if dark money comes in and tries to say take mandela down a peg right I remember we're in the citizens united world i will say this mother jones made a very good point in their analysis of this they said mandela's taking a very different T- interesting tact of unifying the moderate and progressive wings of the party he's racking up progressive endorsements he has a his 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 own life story is being a social justice organizer that's how we knew him at citizen in action how he's involved with this in action and so he has credibility on the left he's racked up Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren AOC Roca you know p- prog- uh, but then they're not listening to his website he doesn't lean into it that much and so he's also knowing he's credible as a progressive running for the moderate wing. So can Sarah Godlewski, if this is her plan, convince people that she, that, that Mandela the radical somehow, or what would her strategy be? I don't know. So I'm saying this is not at all over, but it certainly looks like Mandela has the upper hand from what we know at this moment, Matt.
0: Well, look, I, look, I agree. It's, certainly not over. And Sarah has resources, has a base, has a compelling argument. She's um, obviously she's very effective
1: a campaigner too.
0: Correct. Correct. And we've known Sarah a long time. So as long, well, as long as she's had, uh, we've had the co-op, she's been active. So no doubt about that. Um, I just want to underscore one thing. Uh, as progressives, um, we often struggle to to actually exercise our power. And, and I'd just say this was a great moment, uh, no matter what happens, right, from here on out, that Alex Lazary, who spent well over $12 million, could not find a pathway to beat Mandela Barnes, who, you know, has probably spent a few million, right? No doubt. Um, but has b- largely won this based on who he is, his track record, his network, and how he's inspired and how he connects to Democratic primary voters—what I would describe as the base, some of the base progressive voters statewide—you don't get these numbers just because he's doing well in Milwaukee. He's clearly doing well statewide, is what I think this shows. And I think progressives and Robert, you mentioned right when Bernie Sanders' endorsement came, that was really important. And I just want to say, I'm pr- I'm proud as someone from citizen action that like we struggled hard as an organization with this process, saw that there was an opportunity to play a role in elect and try to get a progressive to, to win this. And I I'm just really happy that if we had any kind of role in helping, you know, consolidating and, and, and moving the progressive left and getting Bernie to endorse, that's awesome. And I just want, I think progressives should be excited, even if you didn't necessarily start uh, in, in in Mandela's camp. Clearly, and, and Nelson pointed this out, like progressives in our values that we've won. And Lazarus said this, Mandela Barnes won this, right? And he won this both on the narrative of who he is, which to me is a progressive narrative. Yes, I would
1: say it's exciting and, for and,
0: and And his positions. So I, I just... I wanted to state that, and I, I felt really excited about that, no matter what happens. Yes, there's a lot of work to be done. Robert?
1: I just say that progressives should be excited. Take a pay, Follow Elizabeth Warren's lead. She was on either Chris Hayes or the show after with Mitty Hassan last night at MSNBC, and she's giddy about this and thinks that... We're about we're in position to get rid of one of the worst setters and to bring in another progressive to work with her and Bernie and the other progressives like Ed Markey to really move the country forward. So we should we should notice what Elizabeth Warren is saying. Who was out early endorsing him?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, just a example of the kind of person and the kind of Senator Mandela Barnes will be. Just last night, Mandela was on a national call. Um, with People's Action and us, our, our new movement politics director, Priscilla Bort, uh, was on. And Mandela was one of the featured speakers. And the whole point was to like get people fired up about the opportunity we have here in Wisconsin uh, and to get more folks uh, on the phones um, next Wednesday. Um, and we have huge news. We are going to be launching our own Get Out the Vote effort. The final weekend on August 6th and 7th. We'll talk more about that. You're listening to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. We got to take our first break. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. We're talking about the huge news this week in the uh, U.S. Senate primary. And right before the break, I was about to mention, and I'm just going to mention it, we are doing Get a a get out the vote effort, a, a canvas. We've been doing phone calls now for a couple of months, but we want to try to get a bunch, as many volunteers as we can uh, in Milwaukee, Green Bay, Wausau, and Eau Claire to come out and knock doors in support of Mandela. But we're not just going to be talking about Mandela. We're going to be talking about this critical moment in time and how important it is. And with people who share our values, we're going to talk a little bit about citizen action and what, why we need to build a movement in order to win, not only win this race, but win, win the victories we all want over the next decade. Um, and so we hope you join us. We'll have details on that. It's going to be again, August 6th, um, in Milwaukee, green Bay and Wausau it's on Saturday, August 6th at 10 in Eau Claire. It's going to be on Sunday at 10. (laughs) There'll be details. We'll talk more about it next week, but wanted to get that information out. Robert, huge news. All right. It's like we've been talking about build back better for it seems like ever. Uh, And last time we talked about it, I believe it was like a week or two ago. And we said it could be potentially resuscitated. Don't know. I've been basically comparing this to the peanuts, Lucy with the football. I am hoping I am not Charlie Brown again. I am. I'm Charlie Brown, Robert. I'm excited about what I believe appears to be a deal between Senator Joe Manchin and the president and Chuck Schumer now <laughs> uh, around a new bill back better. Tell us, first of all, Robert, some high lines on what has been agreed to very quickly but then let's dive into it. Kirsten Cinema has not signed off. What are the prospects? First, Robert, what the hell is in this?
1: Yeah, and we'll get to there's a whole lot of politics in this and analysis of the Biden first half of the first term involved, but we'll wait for those later and just say what what where's what's the meat? So this includes the health care provisions that were already announced as what was g- going to be part of it. That is Medicare negotiating of certain drug prices, which is a huge issue and a huge electoral issue, uh, tax increases, getting rid of some loopholes for the ultra wealthy, but kind of a game changer, very important thing that's not fully at the top of the radar, but should be a 15% minimum tax for all corporations, and especially for the big ones that dodge and claim their profits overseas. And that is something that the same economists who advise the wealth tax have been pushing, and that Janet Yellen, to her credit, the Treasury Secretary, has been pushing. That funds a lot of this. Prescription drug saves us a ton of money because Medicare has saved money. So that funds a bunch of this. And so you have and by the way, this is called, the framing's important, Matt, this is called the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022.
0: It's not Build Back Better 2.0?
1: Uh, uh, Manchin kept insisting Build Back Better is dead, so we <laughs> can't call it anything to do with oh. Build Back Better. But you might say, if you were a cynical progressive, well, I mean, that it's just like the Republicans calling a pollution bill a clean skies bill. No, actually, this will reduce inflation because... Clean energy is, is is going to get us off of dependency on, on the, 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 the 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 oil commodities market and the fossil fuel commodity market and things like what Putin has done and Saudi Arabia has done. And it's much cheaper. And then of course, addiction drugs will come down in prices as well. And so will healthcare because it continues the very critical ACA subsidies to make uh, healthcare much more affordable. And so this will, in a variety of ways, uh, make clean, renewable, cheaper energy available to a ton of people, and it will increase energy conservation massively, which reduces your consumer costs if your if your heating bill goes down because your house has been uh, has has had a lot of upgrades. So this really is uh, even by the standards of Republicans, and it also has a bunch of deficit deduction, which us progressives know really doesn't influence inflation, but Manchin, the Republicans think it does. Manchin seems to be serious. The Republicans are hypocrites and they always raise the deficit and then whine about deficit going up when things are spent they don't want spent. But let me jump into the climate pieces. And I've been rapidly, this came out, it was released Wednesday night that there was a deal. The text was not released till about 8.30. Eastern Time on um, on Wednesday night. There's a 750-page bill. No, I've not read the whole thing. There are rapid analyses, and it is immediately, according to the top climate experts, many of whom are quoted, and many environmental leaders, by far the most far-reaching climate action the U.S. has ever done. It's an international game-changer. It makes us serious because other countries have been Pulling off themselves, thinking, "Look, if we're not going to do it, and we're the we've created the most fossil fuel, most carbon in the atmosphere, actually over the decades, and we're a wealthy country, then why should they do it?" This is this, so. This is a big deal. It's not now. Here's one little thing about this, Matt. A lot of the media is framing this. Oh, it's much less than they wanted before. So trying to make it look like not much. I think the fact it all looked dead helps push against that. Now it looks like a win. But it really is, that just tells you how aggressive Biden was being in his first versions. It doesn't mean this is not beyond anything. Now, one thing I want to say about, there's a lot of $30 billion, $60 billion line items I could share with you, I may a few, but the top line is this, all of the tax incentives in this for business to move to renewable energy, to produce renewable energy They're technology neutral. The current system we have has actually greatly expanded renewable energy, but it's very clunky. It's technology specific. It's really hard to get access to. This simplifies that. You versus Chicago economists matter saying that this has an extraordinary economic impact. It has a three to one benefit. In other words, three times for every for, for every dollar of tax incentive. Usually you think a good policy is one to one point three percent in terms of return. So it's it's so this the structure is important. So when I, when I when I list some big tax credits, Matt, like the $30 billion for solar panels, wind, and turbine batteries for um the and the 60 billion. Um, for disproportionate burden of pollution on low-income and BIPOC communities, or 27 billion for a green bank. There's a whole lot of other th- th- uh, things here. There is 7,500 tax credit for um, to buy an electric vehicle, 4,500 for a used one. It's means-tested, but it goes pretty high up, so you really have to be doing well not to qualify. Um, there's $10 billion for low-income energy efficiency, which we have been pushing because they have the highest energy burden. That is huge for a city like Milwaukee, Matt. I haven't even listed all this stuff, but the tax credits are all very well-structured and very efficient. So it's much better than everything we had and much bigger.
0: Well, look, and we're going to talk more in the next segment about how this connects to, for example, what MPS is doing mm-hmm. and what other school districts are doing and how this is like huge, it if can this help could pass, it. to help start to make this transition, to start to give communities in like Milwaukee and other communities across Wisconsin that are desperate for a new economy and an economy that can lift all boats, not just the particular well-connected boats. Um, and so that's really important. Uh, and Robert, the one thing I want to get clear on so most people do believe that this is a good faith, critical start to try to meet what we think we need to to get warming.
1: It'll get the proper... us a 40 percent reduction over to 25 levels by 2030, not just according to the Democrats, but according to independent climate scientists from major universities. And we need to get to about 45, 50. So what states and locals do adds to this. This gets us most of the way to what what needs to be the first target we meet to prevent runaway climate change, Matt.
0: So that's Um, really important.
1: And that's very huge. Um, It funds things like we've been pushing the Milwaukee City County Climate and Equity Plan and a task force. We're at the forefront of starting it and being involved in it. Because if Milwaukee has a plan, it can benefit more once the money's come. Well, game on. It looks like the money could come. Now, we'll talk about the politics later. This is just like the Mandela winning the Democratic nomination U.S. Senate. There are reasons this could be derailed, but they're not Mansion at the moment. There are other things. Which well, well, let's get, let's get into I that real quick. I just want to say that this will fund the, 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 the MPS thing we'll talk about. It will fund all the climate action planning. It will fund Tony Evers' clean energy plan. The federal government has to be the funder-in-chief of this climate transition.
0: Okay, so- Real quick, because we can talk more about this in the next segment. Ninety seconds. The politics of this. Christian Cinema is the first person I thought of. I man, I had yeah, I had flashbacks. It was like a bad meme attack where I saw this thumbs down, you know, kind of thing flashing in front of me in front of the Congress. Robert, what's the word? Are there? Is there any buzz on this? I know there was some. There's buzz. Revenue. There was definitely some revenue that she had been publicly against, but. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem to be it was like twelve it was not it was not a major chunk of all the revenue what What are the prospects real quick before we go to break?
1: Well, this was a very strange process. Matt most setters were cut out. Bernie Sanders' team is very frustrated, but obviously this kind of investment Bernie will ultimately be on board for so Kirsten Cinema wasn't part of this mansion was acting like co-majority leader here negotiating one on one with Schumer and obviously with Biden and the White House in the background. And so, Cinnaba's not signed off on anything. They have played this kind of whack-a-mole where one objects and the other. There are things in there like the carried interest deduction, which is a huge ultra rich loophole that she has been adamant about keeping. She's she's the one bought by Pharma, not by Mansion. So let's see if there's pushback. Apparently, corporations have not been sussing out where she is still because they've taken for granted this is dead. And there's oh. another thing about the politics I want to say because the Democrats are called kind of bad strategically. Uh, Mitch McConnell said he wouldn't do this uh, this semiconductor, Mike uh, chips bill that just passed fifty billion for that um, passed the, the day before. Um, if we did this large budget reconciliation, they announced this right after its passage. So now the Republicans are screaming bloody murder and threatening to beat it in the House and constructing all Republicans to vote against. So just remember, they're not just against every bill. They kill bills they support if you do anything they don't like. I mean, that is how bad it is. And, but they've been outmaneuvered by Biden and, uh, and Schumer, and you've got to say Mansion. But now we just got to get the rest of our caucus. And the one people are worried about is obviously Kirsten Cinema because of of previous experience and because and, she's the most bought off and compromised of the group other than
0: mansion and with that we have to take a break to listen to battleground wisconsin welcome back to the battleground wisconsin robert i know you had more on this
1: so they could have this vote as early as next week how it's been submitted to the parliamentarian the 750 dollar 50 page thing that is now public This is different than other mansion deals. This isn't like a verbal agreement, a a wink nod. This is text that he's approved. So we have to go through the cumbersome parliamentary process, then the process for passing reconciliation, which is the only way to have a 50 vote rather than a 60 vote, thanks to the archaic Jim Crow filibuster. Um, is that it has a voter-rama and all these do amendments, and it's very complicated, but it starts with the parliamentarian who may disallow some things that they have to reframe. You never know. The Republicans get to make their legal arguments about why some things should be disallowed, and so do the Democrats. Uh, But if it comes to a vote next week or the following, then... We gotta mobilize, right? This is like uh these are the biggest advances since the 1960s and the first serious effort we've done on climate change. And we're 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 getting close to a damn deadline, and this has been a very uh climate impact summer. People are, are well aware and conscious of it. So this is um it's important for the for, for progressives and democrats to really understand this, campaign on it. This helps in the campaigns a lot if we can pass it. I'm not gonna declare it passed, but if we can, this is one of the major things that have been that have been harming Biden's brand. The Democratic brand is not getting big things done. Climate, the Republicans are all going to vote no. They're all saying it's a disaster. That is not popular. And, uh, and of course, not ta- taxing big corporations that are they're doing tax avoidance is extremely popular. Taxing culture rich, ultra rich, including among Republican voters. So this is going to help with the elections, which is critical to democracy. It helps to democracy in another way, Matt. That is, we've been saying on Battle Around Wisconsin, the threat to democracy isn't just to the voting mechanisms. It, the threat is if democracy can't deliver, then people aren't going to engage in it and we will lose it. And so the fact that the Biden administration is going to be able to deliver and exceed expectations when they were very low and do something historic on climate uh, that is that is critical to the to the future of this administration the future of democracy in america and the 2022 midterm elections
0: so we will track this it's going to develop quickly votes are going to be occurring very quickly but with that i do want to transition yeah, robert more
1: so we did we as in schumer and probably the white house had to throw manchin some uh, some some stuff on fossil fuels, which all progressives and environmentalists know we shouldn't be doing now. The net benefit of this is overwhelmingly positive. I mean, there, I, I, I've not even touched all the things. Um, I will say that there's he, new leases for drilling in the Gulf of Mexico He has a verbal agreement from Schumer and Pelosi to move a separate bill that will permit natural gas pipelines, which apparently will help his investments in West Virginia to get things to Virginia. And if you do offshore wind, um, any kind of offshore location, you have to allow oil drilling as well. These are not good, but their damage is much smaller. And I think what we (laughs) progressives need to begin to, uh, as we mature as a modern movement, to understand that some you, you have to get it done and sometimes you have to give away some things you don't want to. This is the way democracy works, not just politics now. It's the way that the system was structured. And so if you can get something so only positive and have to give away a few things you don't like, that's the negotiation that's needed to, to, to unite this whole party at this point when we have such a close margin and Manchin and Cinema can be the deciding vote.
0: Look, it's absolutely critical that we pass this. I mean, look, we're trying, and everyone wants to be optimistic that uh, good things can happen this fall. But the headwinds are brutal, and so having a victory is important for this for the actual policy that's in it. And this is, you know, obviously there's critically important things, but a victory is also important to. Actually, winning this fall.
1: Let me just say there are a couple things missing, which means a reason to vote for Democrats because we know they want them. There is not long-term, long-range transmission lines to get it, get the energy from the renewable, from the solar farms or the wind, uh, over a long distance. That will make it. That'll be that'll be a harmful. That is something Biden could do if he had a bigger majority. Uh, another thing is actual hard caps uh, that, and requirements that utilities actually meet uh, their the requirements to lower their greenhouse emissions by 2030, which uh, Manchin has been opposed to. So there's a lot of other things we need to make this even better that this administration will do if they have the vote. So I think that's a reason to vote, Matt, not a reason to be despondent.
0: With that, Robert, this week, there was a big media announcement here in Milwaukee around MPS and its effort to pass a climate and economic equity resolution that would get MPS actively engaged in the ongoing Milwaukee City County Climate Task Force, which we've talked about on the show is producing a absolutely important long-term plan that can actually meet some of these goals that uh, the federal bill will help provide potentially some resources for. Uh, but uh, big news this week uh, directors marva herndon and uh, bob peterson were involved in working with our north side rising cooperative on this project robert the details and why this is so critically important not only for mps um but also just given the news this week
1: right and uh organizing co-operatives are our chapter system at Citizen Action. We have an African-American led one that's building on the north side of Milwaukee called Northside Rising. So they were central to this whole thing. Uh, This is something important. A lot of times you have to do a lot of setup, Matt, before you get to the live organizing piece where you're mobilizing. Uh, We had this vision at Citizen Action because we already were moving a city, county, uh, climate and economic equity task force process in Milwaukee that Really, the public schools need to be included. The buildings are huge uh, fossil, uh, you know, uh, carbon energy emitters, especially older ones in the urban districts, because of inequitable, structurally racist funding, have buildings that are 60 to 100 years old, don't have modern HVAC, and uh, they are very energy efficient, costing the district a lot of money, and certainly don't have renewable energy and actually the HVAC is so bad it affects learning in a bad way, which you don't have in the newer suburban schools that you see a built all out, out in the, you know, in the segregated suburbs of uh, outer ring suburbs of Milwaukee. And so the other thing is, is that green jobs, because this is accelerating even without what Biden just did, and what the Democrats just seem to have accomplished, is going to accelerate the development of green jobs even more, are a great way to have to have a living wage job. And, uh, to, and to have a good career, all the careers taken away from people by deliberate deindustrialization and the global trade agreements and what's happened the last 40 years economically. So, when emerging together, MPS is critical. It has a huge number of low income black and brown students, the biggest collection, a high percentage of, of those in the state of Wisconsin, and they're not being connected to the green economy. So, marrying those two things. We started working once we had done research and saw other places like Philadelphia, Chicago, New York have been moving in this direction. And there's a group. There's a Green New Deal for Schools bill by Representative Jamal Bowman, who's a great representative. And so we started working with two very progressive uh, uh, um, board members, Marva Herndon, who represents the North Side of Milwaukee, and uh, Bob Peterson, who is the board chair and and is the district wide. Represented, but also as the former head of the teachers union here, MTEA, and it has now gotten to the point where the resolution that was announced this week will go to the full board Thursday night, and had had got a lot of press when we released it on Tuesday with uh, with uh, with with the board members and with Northside Rising, our co-op, but it commits MPS to meeting the climate target, so reducing their emissions by 45% by uh, 2030, and to do it in a way that actually ex, um, expands opportunities and be part of the city-county uh, planning process, but opportunities, economic opportunities, to actually start to create prosperity in low-income communities, especially in the marginalized people of color communities. So this got a lot of good television and, and Wisconsin radio, and it, it, this is an exciting step And with the money that's already in the bipartisan infrastructure bill, there's money for this you can apply for and what what is about to pass, hopefully, in the uh in the in the inflation reduction act of 2022 that was just agreed to uh by schumer and mansion listen to y'all on
0: message there you listen to that you got the bill title you're like uh the inflation reduction
1: it is an inflation reduction bill and that's the top public issue so we should use that branding (laughs) actually (laughs) because it's not a fake branding it's not like putting a You know, put put, putting a bow on a pig. It's it it really is going to reduce inflation, and that's a top public concern. So, I I got you, Matt. I know I'm. Uh, I'm
0: just having some fun with you, Robert. Well, look, folks, this is um, it's a big deal. And shout out! I'm going to start by saying shout out to uh, Director Herndon who, uh, as you mentioned, Robert, we went to first, and she has been a a, a critical leader on the board uh, since she's been there. And on issues like this, knew exactly that this was important and got Bob involved and is going to be um, part of the reason why this is going to go forward. Um, so shout out to her. But with that, we got to take a break and we're going to come right back. Super excited. Our next guest, we previewed in the beginning of the show, this this is someone you may want to have to listen to because we don't all know Angelito for state treasurer. That uh, is our next guest, Angelito Tenario. And we'll be right back with Angelito following this break. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Folks, we're really uh, fortunate to have a special guest here. Um, Angelito Tenario is our newly minted uh, endorsed candidate for state treasurer. Again, Sarah Godlewski is running for uh, U.S. Senate. So the treasurer spot is open, and we're thrilled that Angelito could join us today. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks, Matt. It's great to be with you all.
0: Huh. It's super great to have you. Uh, we're all pumped up here about... Uh, a lot of the news this week where, uh, uh, you know, Mandela seems to be moving in the right direction. And we're also really thrilled about you and your campaign and everything that you're about. Tell our listeners more about you. They may not, a lot of our listeners may not know a ton about you. Uh, and you got an amazing story and a great agenda. Tell, tell us, you know, why who, a little bit more about your background and why you uh, decided to run for state treasurer.
2: Thank you. So my name is Angelito Tenorio, and I'm a candidate for Wisconsin State Treasurer. I'm the proud son of Filipino immigrants. I grew up in the city of West Dallas in a union household, and it was those good-paying union jobs at the Postal Service that allowed my parents to provide for me and my siblings, and every day they instilled the values of giving back and serving others. I studied at UW-Madison. I'm a proud Badger as well, and I served in the Wisconsin Army National Guard. It's that sense of duty and service that drives me with everything I do personally and professionally. And I've worked in political finance and nonprofit finance, most recently for an environmental organization called Wisconsin Conservation Voters, because climate change is my top issue. I believe that climate is the most pressing issue of our time, and we got to do everything we can at all levels of government to combat climate change to protect our environment. So that's what drove me into politics. I ran and now serve as an alderman in my hometown of West Dallas. I serve on the Finance Committee working with my community members, my neighbors, my family and Um, friends to make our community better. And I'm now running for the Office of State Treasurer because I believe we have a huge opportunity before us to invest in clean energy, in renewable energy, to prioritize climate resiliency and equity and to prepare our states moving forward with, with, with the impending with the climate crisis and making sure that Wisconsin is a leader in taking action on climate change
0: first of all, thank you uh, for that, that background Uh, question. I have you, you have this uh, background, which I find very interesting in development work and finance around nonprofits. And, and you mentioned conservation voters, right? A huge, they're a partner of ours, um, essentially a movement, uh, an organization that's trying uh, to do similar work and tell us a little bit about what your background and also uh, at, at West in, in, on the West Dallas uh, Council, your thoughts as to the, how that relates to how you think you could be effective as a treasurer, particularly around what you laid out, your goals around climate, uh, which I think is fantastic. Uh, tell us more.
2: Yeah, so something I really appreciate about Wisconsin Conservation Voters and my time there was the focus on climate change, on clean energy, clean drinking water, and democracy. Conservation Voters has been doing a lot more work on democracy because we truly believe in order to have a healthy environment or in order to move forward on any of the issues we care about, we need to protect and expand voting rights in Wisconsin and across the country as well. So my work at Conservation Voters as a development manager, engagement and development manager, was my title was making sure that we had the resources in order to do the work that we were doing to protect our environment and to fight for our democracy. And also the engagement part of my title was bringing in young people, bringing in more folks of color, bringing in the stakeholders of of our environment into the table, into the conversation. And with my work on the Wassals Common Council, it's been really cool serving as an alderman in my hometown. West has a rich working class history and talking about climate change and the opportunities that we have, the challenges we face, but also the opportunities is that I've been spearheading committing our city to hundred percent clean energy. And with Wisconsin's working class history and West working class history, we should be building solar panels in Wisconsin. We should be building wind turbines in Wisconsin. So this is something that's that'd be good for the environment, it'd be good for jobs, it'd be good for the economy, good for public health, and it would save our communities money.
1: Robert. So um, thank you for joining us, Angelito, and thanks for running, and I know you've been running hard. Um, you know, the state treasurer's office and a lot of the constitutional offices in Wisconsin have been stripped of their constitutional powers. This was supposed to be a vital check on the legislature for, on its fiscal prudence. And the legislature has abrogated for itself and the governors for themselves, most of that authority. Uh, We saw Sarah Godlewski made very good use of the office, led the campaign to save it. Republicans would just prefer it not exist. Um, And then really was an advocate from that position. So can you share with us what you would do from the treasurer's office related to, You know, and I assume it would be related to the vision you just laid out, but I don't want to speak for you. So we'd love to hear what you have to say. on.
2: No, I really appreciate the question, because for, for years, for decades, the Republicans have been taking away powers, even tried eliminating the office. But the people of Wisconsin overwhelmingly voted to keep the office because it's important that we have that checks and balances. It's important that we have that independent financial officer in the state of Wisconsin. So I really believe in using the bully pulpit. Of the treasurer's office to make sure that that the issues we care about, that healthcare, racial justice and equity, ending gun violence, climate change, using the platform of the treasurer's office to make sure that we're spotlighting the issues we care about in the communities most impacted. I have the ability to speak on the assembly floor and the senate floor, using my voice to to bring more people into the conversation. But the way the treasurer has the most tangible power is through a state agency called the Board of Commissioners of Public Lands. It manages a huge public trust over $1.3 billion and over 77,000 acres of public lands. And we could use the revenue from that trust to work with school districts, counties, municipalities to invest in our public schools, libraries, transportation, infrastructure, replacing lead laterals and investing in clean energy projects and solar panels. So there's a lot of money available that we can use but we need the right leadership. And I hope to bring that leadership to the state treasurer's office and to the board of commissioners of public lands.
1: Any vision you might have, Angelito, for restoring the office? I know that we have a rigged legislature that is guaranteed to be a Republican supermajority by the state and federal Supreme Court, which is an outrage for two years. That could get revisited. Quite frankly, if we can pull this election, the Democrats have a plan to expand to uh, expand the Supreme Court to 13 members, which makes a lot of sense given that it's been packed. That's supposed to be the evil word. They've already packed it illegitimately, Trump and the Republicans and McConnell have. And in addition, the tradition has been since there's no limit on Supreme Court justices to have one for each court circuit. There are 13 court circuits. So we're actually short for justices uh, mm. based on the previous tradition. But if that were to happen, then I'm saying we could have a legislature that would be actually open to discussion about the role of the treasurer's office. So, what are the, what are some things you could propo- You would propose if in your second, if we, that was actually possible in your second, the second two years of your term.
2: I think the power I'd like to see back in the treasurer's office is the control over the unclaimed property, unclaimed money in Wisconsin it used to be under the state treasurer's office but it was it was removed by the legislature and put into the governor's administration to the department of revenue i think i think it makes sense to have that program under the state treasurer's office working with people in the community to give money back to community members give money back to the people of wisconsin who rightfully owns that money and then also giving the office resources to actually do its job. Um, For a long time, Republicans have just sat in the basement of the Capitol, if they even showed up to the office and just collected a full-time paycheck for the state treasurer's office. Um, Because right now the the state treasurer's office has been truly gutted. There's only one staff person in the treasurer's office and it's the state treasurer. So they would be myself. Um, but if, if we gave the treasurer's office resources to hire staff, resources to travel the state, to work with community members, to work with local governments, to work with school districts, I think that's really important. Um, and I, I, I believe I bring a unique perspective. I also have an organizing background because I know that when we do this work, it doesn't end on election day. We have to continue organizing year-round. And that's why I'm grateful for the work that Citizen Action and other groups like like you, because we need to have those year-round relationships in order to be effective, in order to make change in in Wisconsin. And
1: I think our listeners will remember Sarah Godlewski, who was a regular on this show for a while, uh, told us about the state of the office when she took office. And uh, it was a hair-raising story, so at least your predecessor is leaving it in better shape uh, given the limitations of the office. It's still a functioning office. Thanks to Sarah.
0: So there you go, Angelito, you have just been subtly offered a role after you win state treasurer to be a regular guest where you're going to come in, continue to educate us as Sarah did about the treasurer's office and what you're going to do. In fact, we get this uh, money to move through this uh, deficit reduction bill or whatever. You know, just kidding, Robert. Uh, if we get these uh, major resources to flow, we could be in a deep partnership around some of the vision you laid out and how it intersects with climate action plans and schools. So, thank you, thank you so but much for.
1: We're gonna we're gonna learn it because it's the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Yeah. But just don't use the I don't think the acronym IRA works very well. So I think we have to call it the whole thing.
0: <laughs> and and so angelito your race it's unique um it's 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 hard to get traction and one of the things that's very important for you is is actual resources our listeners you ought to be donating to angelito and in, in getting involved angelito how can they do that
2: yes i encourage you to check out our website it's angelito for wi.com a-n-g-e-l-i-t-o-f-o-r-w-i.com, A-N-G-E-L-I-T-O-F-O-R-W-I.com. There you could sign up to volunteer, phone bake, text bake, And if you have capacity, I would really appreciate a donation of any amount. My leading opponent right now is a multimillionaire and she's self-funding her race, putting in hundreds of thousands of dollars in her campaign, trying to buy the seat. So any support that, that you can give, we, I believe in building a grassroots statewide coalition and that's how we win in August. And then that's how we win again, in November. So I encourage you to join us.
0: Absolutely, folks. Go follow it up. Help them out, please. If you can, donate money. It does help. And as Angelito mentioned, he is up against some resources. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, everyone. It's great being with you all.
0: All right, folks. We're going to have to wrap up this show, but want to remind you all, August 6th, Get out the vote, Milwaukee, get out the vote in Wausau, get out the vote in Green Bay. And I'll just let you know, we'll be also trying to build this permanent organization so we can help folks like Angelito after he wins election, right? And we're bigger and stronger. So join us and I'll just let you know, we'll be we'll be helping make sure we get out the vote for Mandela, but also we'll be helping get out the vote for Sarah Rodriguez for Lieutenant Governor and Angelito. Folks, join us. I want to thank our producer, Brian Wildridge, who makes the podcast happen every week. And of course, our guest, Angelito Tenario for State Treasurer. Folks, early voting is open. You can do it now. Make sure you vote, though, Tuesday, August 9th. See you next week at the Battleground Wisconsin.